For the past three years, a large number of perfectly sane and reliable people have been involved in this flying saucer business. Even those of us who have never seen one have become involved. We read about them, talk about them, wonder about these reports of strange phenomena in the skies. We frankly admit that we don't know whether flying saucers actually exist. We've never seen one. We are going to bring you the facts at hand. What they add up to, well, that's for you to decide. That's up to you. Well, that's for you to decide. That's up to you. Well, that's for you to decide. That's up to you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, and thank you very much for downloading and listening to the very first open-ended series. Yes, open-ended series. Thus far on IDDFOS, we've had the original show. We've had My Lunatic Ravings, while building scenery, which I've dubbed Corrugated Rants. And we've had the Skype chats, one through seven so far, speaking with some very fine people. Now, we have open-ended series. This particular series will deal with the topic of UFOs. And speaking of very fine people, I'm lucky enough to be hooked up via Skype with Simon of thecurio.co.uk. Please visit his blog. It's fun. It's fascinating. It's very often focused uh, on this issue. The spotlight gets put directly on unidentified flying objects in some of his categories. Simon, welcome. Good afternoon, and thank you. Well, uh, good morning to you, sir. How are you? I'm doing quite well, and I'm glad that we finally were able to hook up and, and get started on this. It's uh, certainly an old topic. There's several reasons why... Well, there's several reasons why I wanted to get together with other people to talk about this. One is because uh, just having heard some of the early Curio work you did and looking at your mm. blog, you strike me, and we'll find out, of course, that uh, what the truth is here, but you strike <laughs> me as a very well-spoken, level-headed individual, and you happen to have an interest in this topic, among many others, and I guess the other real reason to hook up with other folks about this is I've already had a lot to say about this in recent IDD FOS episodes. I've made yeah. grand generalities, I've made sweeping, ignorant, all-inclusive statements of opinion without a foundation. Mm -hmm. And I've also spoken about UFOs. And frankly, well, yeah. it's time to hear from somebody else as well. So it's, uh, I'm just going to shut up and, uh, um, and find out what Simon thinks about all this. Well, what do I think about all this? Yeah, of course, you're quite right. This is just one of those topics that just it, it covers so many different boundaries, whether it's political or even religious, uh, basically all of the boundaries that want the friends should never discuss. Mm. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of it around, isn't there? And, and you know, certainly the stuff that I put on the blog. Um, there's, if there's a if there's a decent UFO story or something like that, I will I will tag it and, and put it on there. But uh, there appears to be uh, more of that kind of stuff in the news at the moment than, than there have been before. And I kind of have to say that one wonders why this is the case. And I guess uh, uh, trying to find some sort of correlation between peaks in people talking about or you know seeing unidentified flying objects, it's, it's interesting to try and work out exactly if there is a correlation between a, a peak in sightings and, and, and other events. Um, but I guess um, it, I, I, I'm a skeptic. That, that's, you know, that, that's where I am. I, I might as well put that on the table to begin with. Um, and the, the stuff that I put on, on the Curio um, is, is just stuff that 
that interests me. It's a kind of, it's a tinker toy. It's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's not me being serious. It's just me sort of saying, oh yeah, look at this, look at this, look at this. Um, and occasionally I offer an opinion and occasionally I don't. But one of the things you mentioned in your previous um, IDDFOS, the one just immediately before this one, I was listening to that just, just last night, in fact. Um, and um, in fact, I'll just let you know, I, I listen to you when I'm running. That's when I listen to IDDFOS. I oh, kind wow. of, <laughs> I, I, I zone out to your voice, um, and then round about sort of mile five, mile six, when I need I need a lift, it's there. The the goons are there to sort of uh, lift me out. So it's kind of... <laughs> so there you go. That's that. That's where I listen to uh, IDDFOS. Anyway, so um, I, I just I'm, I'm already sitting in astonishment uh, after having heard mile five and mile six. Yeah, five. well, that's that's kind of where I start to feel the pain a little bit round about that sort of. Uh, that's where, it, that's where it really starts to hurt. The, uh, the cardiovascular starts to uh, need a little bit of a kick. Yeah, I um, start to feel the pain at around yard 24. So. Yeah. <laughs> yard 24 is bad as well, yeah. You're not quite into the pace there at yard 24. Um, so um, one of the things you mentioned was um, the fact that if you start talking about this kind of thing, then then you get you get tarred with the with the nutter brush, don't you? Yeah. Um, or at least, at least you run the risk of it. Um, and, and that's, uh, I, if, to be honest, that, that is one of the reasons why I, uh, I, I sort of stopped doing the Curio podcasts, was I enjoyed doing them well, well, I, you know, for, for, for a while. I, I mean, the, the main reason was I just simply just didn't have the time to put anything out in, in any kind of reasonable time frame. Oh, it takes six times. Um, yeah, it takes six times more... Um... For every hour that people hear of a podcast, if it's being done correctly, you know, mm -hmm. and it's not some live thing just being fed on the feed with occasionally bleeping things out. If yeah. it's a seri if it's a show that you actually have to work on, then it's uh, it's six hours of editing for every hour that you hear. It it absolutely is, and and you know, you start to realize, don't you? You just have sort of a deep respect for people who do kind of audio production and, and producing uh, to any level of uh, of quality. You think yeah. Yeah, this this takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, and uh, I. Well, you know, for, for for want of a better excuse, uh, run out of time. But one of the other considerations was also the fact I'm thinking some of the things there's some of the things that I like to I would like to talk about. They're kind of subjects which make you sound like you're a little bit mad, and um, that's I mean I don't mind that necessarily, but you have to kind of balance that out and think you know, if if I go down this particular rabbit hole. Um, where's it going to end up? You know, there are there are so many people out there, hmm. respectable, and as you pointed out in your last episode, re respectable academics with with uh, verifiable academic records, who have been marginalised and sidelined because they seem to be just a little bit kooky, and um, that's uh, that. I, I find that a bit frightening that that possibility. So, even aligning yourself with this subject, you, you, you're running a risk. So. Having put all that on the table, let's talk about it for the next two hours. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, you, you, you're, you're, I mean, you, you've, you've touched on one of the things that uh, is brought up by proponents of this whole UFO, uh, the whole UFO topic, as far as what's keeping it a mystery and the idea that you, this kind of a secret could never, never be kept. This is the kind of secret that you could never keep for this long. I mean, it's been 61 years since Kenneth Arnold, and mm -hmm. people are still, people are still saying, "Well, are they real? Are they real?" Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, you pretty much hit on one of the major reasons that people come up with is it's it's so easy to keep a secret 
mm. not only uh, simply by containing information, but by making it taboo to talk about in the first place. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, it's it's the but then I guess. I mean, and, and so I'm, I'm vacillating between uh, skepticism and, and deeply held belief here, which is a sort of dangerous um, set of poles to alternate between, isn't it? But then, oh, if yeah. you uh, if if you believe that you know governments are capable of, of of architecting this kind of thing, that that's fine. And yet, one sees evidence every day that governments are incapable of doing even very simple things. Yeah. Um, and then you think, yeah, but they've pulled this one off because people who, who publicly state and believe in, in – when we say believe in UFOs, when they, let, let's assume for the purpose of this discussion we're talking about the possibility that it's people from other – yeah, from other planets, from other galaxies, visiting ours and saying hello. Mm. So anybody who puts that forward as a, as a viable option is self-selecting themselves for, 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 uh, for ridicule. Okay. So it's kind of – you know, the, the conspiracy theorists have it always up there, don't they? They, um, they, they, they win. Um, but in, in reality, if you look at some of the – well, dare I say, look at the science behind it, any of this, where, where there is any science, um, at least – at least in terms of mathematics or pro probability, probability favours the possibility of there being uh, the, the fact that we're not the only people in the universe. There, there must be other planets with other uh, life on it. Mm. Um, simply, ju it, ju just simply looking at the numbers, um, and, and I don't think there's any actual proper scientist who would say, no, it's absolutely impossible. They would have to say, well, no, the probability favours that possibility. But then you look at some of the science and you say things like well the distance between stars is is just immense thousands of thousands of light years if not hundreds of thousands of light years uh, between stars and the scale of our even the scale of our solar system which is a tiny sort of almost insignificant well it's not insignificant because we're here so i guess that makes it significant but <laughs> you know i'd like to think so speaking on behalf of the human race uh, <laughs> The fact that we're, you know, we're here makes it significant. But other than that, it's a pretty tiny part of a of just a, a, a stunningly large, huge uh, amount of space. Now, it's very unlikely that any human being will ever travel outside of the, the solar system, just because of the because of the size of it. Well, not anytime uh, soon, anyway. Not in, it's, not in our lifetimes uh, oh, or any lifetime that we we can perceive. But you say okay so that sort of puts that in pers into perspective but yeah okay so the universe is how many gods knows of many billions of years old surely more developed civilizations might have found other ways of traveling through space and time that we haven't conceived yet and if you start saying things like that already you're going down the path of saying yeah now you're sounding like a bit of a nutter you know now you've taken that first step and yet you look back at what yeah, scientists are, are, have were saying is impossible and not impossible a hundred years ago and it's not even recognizable from the truth we know today. Oh, the so, technology, the, the progression in technology has been almost exponential. Yeah. You know, for, yeah. Since, since 1900, since oh, you, you've got the late, uh, I can't even remember when the first automobiles that could get you at least from your country estate into town, because if you right. had an automobile, it meant you owned a country estate. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. In, in the late 1880s, the very late 1880s, and then to go from that, and then in the uh, 19, uh, what is it, 1902? Oh, mm. I should be ashamed of this. The Wright brothers yes. were 1902 or 1903? Uh, oh, I feel terrible. I thought it was, it's, it was early 1900s. Oh yeah, the very late. It's it's one of those two years. I've got it on, I've got it on uh, one of my, uh, one of my pages. I, I, 
Uh, you'd think I'd remember it. Well, at any rate, uh, yeah, from that to 1969 landing on the moon. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. That's an <laughs> yeah. insane amount of progress. And, and even at that, with the moon landings, they were still uh, developing uh, the microchip. So the technology increases. And as you say, uh, uh, mainstream scientists and professionals and people that are vel uh, held in very high regard in their profession, of course, making predictions and assumptions, of course, based on what they know in their own particular little field, indicating mm -hmm. that such a thing would never be possible, not, not just Absolutely. moon landing, but flight. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's one of the things to take into consideration. Obviously, when, when people are talking about uh, they could never possibly get here from there because, yeah. and basically your becauses are all based on what we know now. And what we yeah. know now is, uh, you know, a, a lot of people like to say, well, we know so much more now. Well, you know what? We know so much less now than we will. <laughs> Yes, because everybody, yes. and, and I'm guilty of this too. We we all place ourselves at the pinnacle of acquired knowledge. Every I think every generation and age does that. It's like now that we've yeah. come to this point, we have finally reached the truth about such and such, uh, yeah. no matter what it is. Yeah, I mean, if you if you um, listen to uh, skeptical. Uh, speakers and um, uh, people like Richard Dawkins, for example, uh, who, who who represents his point of view very very well, and he 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 basically said, and people like him say, and I, I don't want to take on Dawkins in a kind of intellectual debate here because I think I might be uh, somewhat at uh, a disadvantage, but he he basically says, I, you know, he understands what he believes and he and he believes what he can prove, uh, and he knows the way things are until he's given some other proof, and his challenge is, well, you know, you prove me with the proof and I'll change my change my mind, and I'm thinking, yeah, and that and that's the gap into which all of this stuff fits, isn't it? It's the yeah. point at which. You know, you, it, it's, it's up to you to, to prove, you know, it, an article of faith is not sufficient for science, you know, although I believe there's a lot of faith, not, not a religious sense, faith with a, with a small f in science. You know, a, a scientist trying to prove something must surely believe that what he's trying to prove is, is provable. Mm. Um, as those, you know, the guys up at CERN with the big Hadron Collider, you know, they, they must have some pretty firm beliefs about what they're going to find, but they need to prove it and they need to see it. Um, so um, faith isn't enough. But nevertheless, if you believe something to be true, you must set about trying to prove it in, in the best way you know. And, and in, in a way, this is the disadvantage that a lot of UFO researchers have is that they start off from a position, many of them I think, of deeply held belief. They know that, that what they, you know, that they know, for example, that we're being visited by uh, creatures and, and uh, civilizations other than our own, and that's that's a very compelling thing to say. Mm. But they're starting off believing, and then they're trying to reverse engineer um, evidence to fit that, and and there you start to attract the the uh, the, the critical view of of science, which says that's not the way science works. And um, you, know, you can't take it that far. Yeah, there's a combination of things that keep it off. On the, you put your finger on it, pretty much it, that pushes it, pushes the subject to the fringe. That uh, that's the the little can that you can dip that nutter brush in, <laughs> and that is they don't. I, I should start off too and say, yeah, I'm a skeptic on this, but I've got the fence in a very uncomfortable position. <laughs> You're straddling the fence. Yeah. If you? it were a picket fence, I'd be in a lot of trouble on this. Um, but we—I mean, we've all heard—we've heard the phrases. It's, 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 it's in the popular culture so much. The X-Files. We've all heard the X-Files phrases. I want to believe. Oh yeah, I've and actually got that written down in front of me. There's one of my 
sort yeah. of uh, little little notes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the truth yeah. is out there. Mm -hmm. and, and, and my personal position is I don't want to believe. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't have to believe in refrigerators. <laughs> I don't have to believe in air or airplane crashes. I know these things exist. Yeah. You know, the, to believe uh, is that it, when it becomes an article of faith, as you, as you said, uh, among people that are that get heavily into this, they're already at a disadvantage because what, uh, if you don't have that craft, if you don't have that hardware, if you don't have those bodies, that's yeah. all that's ever going to remain. And I think one, uh, I think that's part of what's making the thing so popular to begin with. And one of mm. the things that al that's allowed it to remain, uh, one of the small things that's allowed it to remain uh, on on the outskirts of uh, people's realities since uh, since 1947 and actually before, mm. but it's also one of the things that works against them. There's, I I don't know, you you must have seen the movie Contact. Yep. There's there's the scene where. Um, I don't remember her character's name. Shame on me, but Jodie Foster is is in the uh, limo or, or something. And she, she's they're moving towards the receiving dish facility. That's after after the news has been released of the anomalous signal, and they're they're camped out surrounding this place. The entire spectrum of mm -hmm. human reaction to this signal. Yeah. And yeah. they focus in on some of these people that are wearing fairy wings and staring up at the sky <laughs> in ecstasy yeah. in their meditative trance. And then, of course, there are people on platforms uh, sermonizing about uh, heaven and hell and, and evil. And yeah. it, without, without the hardware, you get, as a part, a part and parcel of this subject, the full range of people that have those specific reactions and those specific mm. interpretations to them, and it becomes extremely difficult to separate the wheat from the chaff. Extremely difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Here's how the name Flying Saucer was born. These objects uh more or less fluttered like they were, uh, oh, I'd say boats on very rough water or a very rough air of some type. And uh, uh, when I described how they flew, I said if they flew like you take a saucer and throw it across the water, uh, most of the newspapers misunderstood and misquoted that, too. They said uh, that I said that they were saucer-like. I said they flew in a saucer-like fashion. And that was an historic misquote. While Mr. Arnold's original explanation has been forgotten, the term flying saucer has become a household word. Everyone has an opinion on this, and everyone has a motivation as well. And, and the difficulty in, in uncovering the truth is that the whole field of, of UFO research and reporting and all that kind of stuff, it's riddled with, with hoaxes, people who could, in a court of law, easily plead diminished responsibility, i.e. the, the nutcases, mm. um, and self-publicists and all the other kind of undesirables of the world. And there are people who believe what they're saying, but they are perhaps not you know, maybe don't have the faculty to, to assess what they're seeing. There are people who don't believe what they've, you know, are basically making it up. Um, and there's all the, everybody in between. Um, separating the interesting cases, as you say, the wheat from the chaff is, 
is more or less impossible. So you're then forced back down the sort of the scientific route, which is say, well, let's let's work based upon evidence and upon proof of what we can prove. And at the moment, what can we prove? Well, we can prove we can't prove that people haven't seen things if they say they have. Although there are some other things which are, you know maybe we'll talk about in a minute, which suggests a reason for that. But ultimately. Uh, the testimony from people is just completely unreliable. Um, and I know there are cases like, um, uh, what they're called, the Phoenix Lights, mm. which, were, which, which are very well documented from a number of different perspectives. But you know, even, even then, you know, I wonder to what extent our testimony is sort of cross-contaminated. You know, how, you know, to, to what extent do testimonies from one source influence another? And you, know, you, you see things like people saying that they saw a craft in the air that had a strange kind of triangular appearance and all that kind of stuff. And then you know, a few years later, uh, and I may be getting timelines crossed here, so I'm, I, I may actually be illustrating why I'm as big a part of the problem as anybody else. But um, oh, I'm guilty of you, it. I'm guilty of that too. Uh, absolutely. Uh, just yeah, I just yeah. I mix up Nate, uh, da- Nates, Nates, <laughs> <laughs> names and dates, uh, and and all that sort of yes, stuff. Yes, Nates and dames. All getting, mm. getting more confused. But then um, you know you see things like um, the uh, stealth fighter and the stealth bomber, and you think they're kind of triangular, aren't they? And there's going to, there would have been many, many times where those um, pre-production, you know, uh, prototypes would have been flying. Uh, maybe not around public airports, but certainly in, in in parts of New Mexico, where you know top secret military uh, research is carried out round the clock. Now, um, and occasionally stuff gets up in the air and people see it and they don't recognise it, and, and all of a sudden the whole sort of belief system emerges around what what people have seen. Again, people filling in the gaps to sort of match what they want it to be. And uh, that, that's that's a very dangerous thing. Uh, do, do you ever listen to the um, to the Paracast at all? Uh, uh, David Biedney and who's the other one? Gene Gene Steinberg. Gene Steinberg. I started listening to them for a while, um, mm-hmm. and then I kind of stopped after. Uh, occasionally, they they bring um, not so much disagreement and uh, intellectual conflict into it, but. Mm-hmm. What a, what sounded to me a little bit more like abuse of their guests. <laughs> and some yeah, cases, I, I, I guess, I, you know, in some cases, it's kind of like, you know what, they, they should just kick this guy off, whoever it is they're talking <laughs> to, and, and uh, not just, just not bother continuing the interview. But in other cases, it was kind of like, you know what, if you don't agree with what somebody's saying or you think uh, they've just pushed the limit a bit too much, there's no reason yeah. to go after the guy. I don't know whether they, whether uh, I'm certain that it, I'm certain that that wasn't intentional, just to be mean. But uh, after after it went on for a while, I just kind of stopped listening. Maybe I should probably tune in again. Well, they um, I, I I listen f- fairly frequently, um, and um, it, it's they're the sort of thing where you have to kind of have a a couple of hours spare to really appreciate the, the, the material because they, they're each, I think, exactly two hours long, each one, and uh, um, they come out fairly frequently, and they, they do a lot of UFO-type stuff. Um, one of them is, had an experience himself, didn't he, I think? Uh, I think... Um, somebody else. I'm not yeah, sure. one of the guys has had a, 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 at least one or more uh, experiences, um, oh. and um, they, uh, including some sort of various, I guess what you would call supernatural experiences as well, which I guess is a whole other topic for another for another discussion. But yeah, uh, or, may, or, may, or maybe it's the same discussion. I don't know. Well, it, um, it, uh, it is the same discussion actually, but we can come back to that. Uh, well, not exactly the same discussion, but it coattails onto it because of what we've been talking about. Mm. Um, but go ahead and continue with what you were you said. <laughs> 
Well, uh, the, the, one of the points that they make um, in in the uh, about the whole UFO thing, UFO thing being perhaps the most compelling quote paranormal um, event that people talk about. I suppose it's, it's you know people talk about ghosts and demons and all that kind of stuff, but they, they, then you're even further down the rabbit hole, aren't you? But mm. um, the um, they, they they sort of suggest that it might be that UFOs are um, a product of of human consciousness in some way. Now that's not to say that people are making it up. But that in in some inexplicable way, um, they are they are part of what we are, um, and that the whole alien idea is 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 perhaps missing the point, and that uh, what we're seeing is is a manifestation of our own consciousness in some weird way. Now at this point, we are on the very edge yeah. of. Uh, of of rational discussion, so you know, I think we'll probably just step back from there. But um, they 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 kind of take a very 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 big view about what UFOs could be, um, and why they're here, and what the reason for it is, and whether they are they are here, and if you accept that they are here, um, with some kind of message, whether it's a message from within or without, uh, who knows? So you know, they they they, they range across a great deal of territory in, in assessing what, what these things are. But you're right, occasionally they have people on who are, who are clearly <laughs> mad, as, mad as a hatter, frankly. And, um, yeah. you know, they, they probably need to seek some kind of professional help rather than go on a podcast. But, you know, I guess sometimes these people, it sounds horrible, but they're kind of entertaining, aren't they? And, uh, yeah, I think you touched upon that in your last episode. Yeah, it, does make good, uh, it does make for good radio and good television. Mm. But it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't help in a, a serious discussion of the of the topic. Now, no. you, you know they. they you, you say they 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 cover a very broad range of possibilities for what uh, what the phenomenon is, and I, I I have to give them this. They have no choice, mm. and neither do we. Now, when we're talking about this, because it because of the fact that once again, it's uh, a lot of it has to do. I think with. I guess the definition of what actually is evidence and what mm. actually is proof, mm. because on the uh, on the this phenomenon is genuine side of the argument, a proponent will s speak to a scientist and say, "You are asking me for the proof before <laughs> the theory has even been tested or examined, and I'm telling you I have evidence." that will lead to proof that will suggest proof mm. if only it's looked further into i that you know in, in in a case like that you're getting away from what what all actually has happened over the years over the decades and you're getting into a semantic argument mm. and the the bottom line always remains where are the craft where is the hardware yes. if if uh, if those if those fellows are right on the paracast then uh good luck we're never going to find it because yes. if it is a, a some kind of a manifestation of human subconscious or will or collective, whatever you want to put a label you want to put on it, then of course not. It's never it's never going to manifest itself except uh, and be tangible any more than a ghost would. This mm. is the thing that places it. As we were talking about before, it coattails on other paranormal events. It coattails on the supernatural. It's one of the reasons why, during the month of October, of course, all the networks get out those tapes and dust them off and pop them in the machine and say, well, it's Halloween season. It's time to start yeah. playing the UFO shows and the ghost yeah. shows. And they put them back to back. 
and it's it's but it's done in a kind of circus sideshow way, isn't it? It's Always. it's not really, you know, it's not like it's a you know let's all sit down and, and and discuss this this phenomenon in a rational fashion. It's a case of let's just entertain people there, with, there are with a, a few, effectively a ghost story. Yeah, there are a few media presentations that try to actually pretend that they're uh, approaching it in an adult way, but mm. I would say they're probably like two out of ten, mm. maybe one out of every ten. Most of them we that we've had this. this uh, I shouldn't say we've had this discussion. I pretty much just barreled into the absolute peach forums and started writing books. <laughs> so, I mean, there was a there was a UFO thread there, and uh, um, you know, people had short, interesting, sane things to say about it. And I came in and started just doing paragraph after paragraph. It was terrible. But one of the things I was talking about was the treatment that the media has given this. Uh, that that whole and it, and it 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 bothers me. Mm. I understand why they do it. I understand where they're coming from. They have to sell commercial time. They yep. have to make it extremely entertaining, and they are mis. I, I don't know whether they're mis underestimating their audience or whether they're just aiming low. But they seem to think that no one will watch this stuff. Unless mm. it has the electro Halloween music soundtrack, and, <laughs> yes, and unless they have hired a hyperactive chimp to do the camera work, yes, yes, and so there, there, there is a guy somewhere who can play the theremin, and and he gets all these gigs. At, uh, at, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's nobody else. He's, he doesn't do anything the rest of the year. <laughs> yes, he works full time for the Sci Fi Channel with occasional That's gigs it. on the History Channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you done with the UFO stuff? Okay, we've got this ghost thing coming up. Yes. Um, yeah, it's this. It's yeah. the same music, just letting it. Yeah. <laughs> and they probably wear out the zoom, zoom in, zoom out thing on uh, a dozen cameras per episode. Yeah. But, that's it. They do. Yeah. But they have yeah, to give it. They have to put that spin on it. They always have to. It's always got to be even with, even when they're talking to somebody that's got three PhDs from Harvard. <laughs> Yeah. About the subject, uh, there is somebody like that. I think I think it's Daniel Sheehan, the uh, right. the attorney. Um, even when they're talking to somebody like that, they've got to tilt the camera. You know, so that's very wacky while they're talking to him. Tilt the camera, yeah. put a psychedelic yeah. background behind the guy. Green, green, green and red bat lights. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and a zoom in occasionally on his nostril <laughs> and then his left <laughs> eye, right. and it basically the that's message right. being given is we don't take this seriously, and neither should yeah. you. That's right. We're camping it up just for you. It's yeah. it's it's like you know, just listen to what people have to say. Yeah, and, and but again, you know, this is this is the dangerous as well from people, people uh, like that, people with an actual academic career, um, uh, you know, again aligning themselves with this kind of thing. They they get sort of labelled as oh, the, the UFO guy, you know, and then yeah. straight away they attract the the criticism of the rest of their peer group. And now if if you're an academic who who has an interest in you know publishing material and doing research, that that is effectively professional suicide, isn't it? Yeah. You, you know, you can't afford that. That's the end of your academic career. It's time to then go and do something else, like maybe write books about UFOs and, and you know, try and make the best of a bad job. Um, but it's sad. It, it really is. Well, it, it is. It is. And, and I think that in many ways that whole approach, is the whole idea of, of uh, uh, falling out of favor with the rest of the scientific community is not new. Um, history is, is peppered with incidents of people who 
you know, well, look at Charles Darwin, good example. Charles Darwin was effectively ridiculed. Well, he, he didn't publish his work, did he, The Origin of the Species, for, for, for such a long time. And he finally got the, uh, the strength of, of will to sort of publish this thing. And he was panned for it. He, you know, the whole idea that, that man has evolved from ape-like creatures was utterly, utterly un- uh, unacceptable to, to, you know, certainly to the church that was still very uh, influential at the time, mm. and also to other scientists. And uh, he was he was marginalised, and and uh, obviously now we we see him as as a, a scientific figure of great stature. Uh, at the time, he was considered an absolute nutcase, and and one wonders of which modern day Charles Darwin's are we sort of currently saying, you know, this guy has got absolutely no credibility whatsoever, but in a hundred years time maybe the guy that actually had his finger on the pulse and actually knew what was happening, but what he had to say we just weren't ready for. There, there may be one amongst us right now who, who is you know, the, the biggest crazy guy of all, but actually actually is closer to the truth than any of us know. Yeah, could have been one of the guys that uh, the Powercast was interviewing. Who knows? Could be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could be. Yeah, to pick, pick, one of, pick one from 30. <laughs> really? You've got plenty, plenty of options on that, yeah. I mean, there is... Um, I don't know if you've noticed this, and I've tried. I've mentioned at the beginning that I try to correlate incidents in the media where people are sort of seeing UFO sightings and, and you know, seeing if there's any relationship between those that those peak in reports and any other type of events. Now, certainly in the UK, there's always there's always a rash of local UFO reports round about Chinese New Year, um, and well, because of this those is lanterns, because those little paper lanterns, they send them up into the sky, and they do look kind of. You know, when they send throw up, you know, half a dozen up into the sky, they sort of float up into in a formation, and in the uh, in the evening light, they 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 do look a bit strange. And people are notoriously bad at doing things like judging distance and so forth. So they think these things are 45 kilometres away. So it's a huge craft in the sky, and in actual mm. fact, they're only 300 yards away in the next garden, and it's just a you know, and it's no big deal. Um, and then they sort of say, well, they they move from here to here, and they must have been travelling at you know 27,000 kilometres now. And in fact, they weren't. They were just a lot closer, and they were drifting in the wind um so that happens a lot yeah. but i have noticed i will I, again i haven't noticed this in any scientific way this is empirical but it's, i think there's a correlation between people seeing seeing stuff and a growing distrust of government um now i don't know what it's like in the u.s but certainly in the uk and there's a, there's a long tradition of, of distrusting government it's, it is part of our national culture so this is nothing new but um occasionally it peaks and uh, just at the moment the the the, the current government is i suppose for a while has, is having uh, popularity issues shall we say um and, uh, and it, it is it is it is ultimately the, uh, the 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 destiny of every government to to fail i mean that's kind of what they do and then they get replaced with something else that's that's i think that's a, another way of saying democracy isn't it but whenever there's a kind of anti-government feeling um, amongst the, the, the populace, there seems to be an increase in, in UFO sightings. And I, I don't know why that is, but those two things seem to be in place each time. Um, now, is it because, is it because people are be feeling more paranoid? Um, possibly. Um, is it for some other reason? Is it, is it because there's, there are more weird things happening at that time? I, I don't know. I think it's probably to do with paranoia more than anything else. Yeah, par- paranoia, that's, um, um, it, it also might have something to do with a feeling of helplessness. You mean you think there's a possibility they may be coming out of space from other planets? I suppose that's pretty hard for people to take seriously. Well, uh, I'll tell you this much. Uh, all the airline pilots, none of us have appreciated being laughed at. We made our reports essentially to begin with, 
because we thought that if our government didn't know what it was, it was only our duty to report it to our, our nation and uh, uh, to our Air Force out of it. I think it's something that uh, is of concern to every person in the country, and uh, I don't think it's anything for people to get hysterical about. Now, that's just my frank opinion of it. Yeah, possibly. Because yeah. I mean, I can, I can, I certainly can't speak about other countries, other systems, other methods of government. But when we're in a situation where somebody that we only barely, questionably, and marginally, and I have the air quotes out here, elected, mm -hmm. uh, is is heading an administration or appears to be heading an administration that uh, was convinced that there were weapons of mass destruction in in some country. Mm -hmm. and goes on a personal crusade to, to go and stop some awful evil that... Basically, when, when the uh, propaganda machine tells us that we have to do such and such a thing, otherwise we're in grave danger, and they go ahead and do it, and the reasons that they give, or had given, uh, proved to be just so much gas, Mm. And following the money behind it, the American public isn't completely blind, fortunately. Mm. Realizing that's, that someone that knocks over a 7-Eleven is going to get so many years in prison, and someone yeah. that uh, is responsible for the incredible waste in human lives and money and misery isn't going to get a couple of years in prison, that there really isn't any other thing that we can do about it except vote the guy out. It doesn't so much make you feel a part of the system. It just uh, it it pushes a kind of an impotence on you, a political impotence. And yeah. sometimes you wonder whether you're really having any effect at all just by stating your opinion. Yeah, and, and of course, as individuals, we have absolutely no effect whatsoever. It, 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 is, it is only, you know, uh, altogether, the way we, we make it. A real difference to uh, to the government that we get, and uh, and as we all know, we we all get the government we deserve. Mm. Um, but bringing it back onto the UFO thing, maybe there is a uh, the, the UFOs are you know perhaps referring to what the, the Paracast guys are saying. Maybe that this this sense of collective powerlessness um, leads us towards uh, observing things that the consciousness levels are raised, and then so these these, these memes then circulate, and then these, these events get uh, observed. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, grasp, I'm grasping at straws there. I really, really don't know. But I, I, I do, I do notice a correlation with this. Uh, actually, on on that subject, do you ever listen to um, Adam Curry, Daily Source Code? Uh, no, actually, that's not that's not one of the ones on my list. Okay. Well, so I'm, I'm, this is not an opportunity for me to talk about every other pod, podcast in the world, but just that's there's, fine. There's bring them up. You know, whatever. Well, there's there's a, there's a lot of it around. There's a lot of it about at the moment now. If You've, it, I've, I've been a, a fairly long time listening to the, uh, the, the Daily Source Code, the DSC as it's uh, referred to, yeah. and um, I've, I have a lot of respect for Adam Curry, he's, a, he's a, a, an established media guy, he's a successful career in broadcasting and buying and selling media and technology companies, and he's, he's doing the same now with, with other ventures. Um, but the DSC is kind of his own sort of private podcast, if you like. Mm -hmm. Now, any, anybody who knows the, uh, the podcast will know exactly what I'm talking about, but over the last, uh, I don't know. Six months, maybe, maybe slightly less. The tone of what he's been talking about has, has changed altogether. Now, I'm not saying he's, he's, a, he's a UFO guy or anything, but he's starting to subscribe to, I think. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure that people who listen to him would, would agree that I'm, I'm on the right track. He's starting to subscribe to conspiracy 
theory views more and more. The conspiracy being that of things like the the Illuminati, you know, the government behind the government, the power behind the power, mm-hmm. um, the 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 connection behind the scenes between uh, oil, the military, and uh, uh, and government. And basically, what we see is not what's actually happening behind the scenes, and that the reason things happen. Uh, it's because, you know, the the the, the men, the grey men, in those sort of in the private, hidden corridors of power or behind the corridors of power, are the ones making calling all the shots. It's kind of it's almost it's almost like the X Files idea, you know, the sort of um, the smoking man, sort of representing the power behind the power that you're never really quite sure who he's representing or what, you know, but it's something very very frightening and uh, and, and evil. Mm. And he's starting to be he's he's, he's going that way. Or he's already gone that way. He calls it waking up. It's the phrase he uses all, all the time. Um, and um, I, I don't know if he has a specific reason for this, but there's, it, it, it's quite amazing to hear his, you know, because con- conspiracies form a part of our overall discussion here. It, it's amazing to hear his, his, his change or his, quote, awakening, as he would say. Um, now, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm as awake as he is, Shall I say that's being that's being polite, <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, he's he's certainly he's certainly changed his his outlook has, has changed him uh, incredibly over the last few months and he, and almost every show now he's he's almost kind of it's his duty to point out what he considers to be government cover-ups or government conspiracies or you know uncovering the new world order. Now I th- I think he, I, I think he's he's putting together two and two and getting coming up with five personally a lot of the time. But the difficulty, the difficulty is, and this is where conspiracy theories always, which is why they prevail, is because there's always a grain of truth in there. Um, there's yeah. always something which, you know, do, you, do you believe, for example, Anim, that your government may be taking actions, one set of actions in public and another set of actions in private? Do you believe that's possible? Again, we're getting back to, you know, do I know or do I believe? Believe is a, a subjective, almost bordering on uh, the religious Mm. term to use in all of this and unfortunately as we've said we've got no other choice but to say you know you can't say well I know this to be the case mm. you know unless you're one of the uh, unless you're one of the insiders my my opinion is uh, yes mm. all the time yeah all the time okay me, me too absolutely because I think that's just the reality of, of, of government yeah and, and it's in the same since biblical times since since, since the things were first recorded. Governments uh, pacify the people and then pursue their own objectives, um, however they think they can, and, and and so on. So you know that's that's what politics actually is, isn't it? It's um, making everybody think think they're ahead of the game. Um, but then, so he, he's you know Adam's kind of a long way down this path of, of thinking that um, conspiracies, many conspiracy theories that he, he's kind of discussed are not just theories, but he's he's fairly convinced that's the way it is now. The difficulty with a conspiracy theory is that it's up to you to prove that that's not the case, and then proving a negative, as we as we know, is is always a very difficult position to begin. So it's it's hard to dis- discount them. But coming back to the other side, to balance the argument in a kind of BBC style here, um, the <laughs> that's uh, what you have to do is is think well, uh, a, a government conspiracy requires an enormously enormous amount of joined up government across lots of departments and lots of people for, for a long time. Now, as I've, I've mentioned this to Pat in, in, in previous Curio podcasts, but my my government can't get any, seem to get anything right. You know, things like uh, benefit payments and, and running health services and other stuff. They, 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 
cock things up on a continual basis. So the idea that there is some highly efficient secret sub-organization sort of orchestrating events, I, I just simply don't believe it. It just doesn't make sense that, that, that they could do it. I mean, people talk about privacy on the internet, and, and uh, you know, I'm not making a political statement here. These, these are just facts, but people talk about privacy on the internet and you don't, you don't, you don't be too careful about who you speak to and, and stuff you've put on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're real concerns, but uh, my government has lost more information about me and my family than I could possibly hope to lose myself on the internet. It's, it's made comedy shows over there. I know, I've heard a couple <laughs> Absolutely. Of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You could, it, uh, one of them was, uh, you can either uh, fill out your forms on such and such a site in order to get this service or learn about this particular aspect of your government, or place it on a CD and leave it in a cab. Yeah, you know, exactly. That's, that's right. Basically, the running right. joke. And, and there it is. You know, governments. I, I, I simply believe that even at their core, they're not that competent. They're, they're not capable of, of deceiving that much for that long. I, I just don't. I, I just don't buy it. But you know, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I'm well, wrong. It, but again, it, a lot of it depends. It depends also on what you can, what you would define as government, because uh, the, there's a lot of things wrong with. In my opinion, anyway, there's a lot of things wrong with the way some of these polls are done and the way some of these questions are asked. One of them, of course, at the, at the, at the core of it is uh, when they do some of these polls, they ask, do you believe in UFOs? You know, that's, a, that's mm. a, an, an outrageously broad statement to, to uh, a, yeah. a broad question to ask because it could mean so damn many things. Yeah. And the other question is, do you believe or are you convinced or however you want to word it, that your government is hiding uh, the truth about extraterrestrial presence? And there you've got two very broad, wide unknowns. One is extraterrestrial mm -hmm. presence. The other is your government. How do you define what that is, really? Because mm -hmm. in, in, uh, in some camps, in some methods of looking at it, the government is just this incredibly scattered gargantuan bureaucracy consisting of mm. so many well-meaning people that are going about trying to do the job of supposedly keeping things running in order balanced fair legal and all the rest of it just the average and hopefully slightly above average uh, citizen of whatever country they're they're a part of the government of and mm -hmm. then there are as you said uh, the folks that don't change when the administrations change. Mm. The folks that, that somehow have remained actually where the genuine decisions are being made. Um, yeah. Basically the folks that have uh, money that you, it doesn't even become money anymore. It just becomes um, pure power base. You're not even talking billionaire. You're talking beyond oh, yeah. Yeah. billionaire. Okay, if this kind of thing is there, and I don't really have any reason to believe that it isn't, then of course they're not gonna be voted out. Yeah. And yeah. I do you yes. get the opinion that the, the, the government, no matter what country it's in, is just this uh, marionette show that everybody can yeah. you know, look at and say, look, you know, look how badly they're screwing this up. Well, I can't wait to vote these guys out so that we get you know, what, what we're going for. And then the, 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 play, the curtain comes down, the curtain comes up again for the same old show. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, if, if we've just discussed that, and I, I guess we've arrived at a, a natural conclusion that, that um, governments um, 
often often have pursue multiple agendas, not always the agenda that the public is is given for consumption, yeah. and that's just the way, that's just the way it is. So if 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 everybody um, um, if everybody accepts that point of view, then you then have already generated the appropriate um, mindset for uh, conspiracy theory to, to flourish. Mm. And uh, amongst the most popular conspiracies are that um, the, the government covers up UFO incidents, and um, that you know. Uh, uh, if you sort of go back to the the root of all this, then you, you know you're looking at Roswell, for example, probably as the as the case study of all case studies um, in, in in that case. Now, there's you know without talking about the specifics of that case, because you know that, that it's all documented out there. Um, it, the truth is out there. Nobody trusts government fully enough that when a an appropriate military or intelligence spokesman comes up and says there are no secret UFO files. There are no alien artifacts in our possession. We have no contact with anybody from other planets and so on. The more they deny it, the deeper the conspiracy then appears to run. And it just keeps on going generation after generation, um, which is why Roswell, after decades, is it 50 years or 60 years? It's uh, uh, 60, uh, 61 years now. 61, right. Okay, so after 61 years of Real, I mean, you know, researchers might shoot me down here. Of no really new evidence whatsoever, <laughs> it's still going strong. Mm. Um, the, the 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 whole the, the town comes to life every year. People descend upon it. There's whole businesses flourished around the whole alien idea. Um, very very similar to uh, places like Loch Ness, for example, um, where where I mean, we're not going to talk about Loch Ness, but again. People believing what they want to believe. Perhaps it's, it is part of the discussion. Loch Ness is a good example. There's an entire um, business community, uh, a profitable business, flourishing around Loch Ness, based upon absolutely no proof whatsoever. Ever, <laughs> every single photograph uh, that's ever been produced of <laughs> Loch Ness is a fake. <laughs> oh. there, there is no truth there whatsoever. Um, nevertheless, the meme is out there. People believe what they want to believe, um, and I would say that. Uh, and you can, you can, if, if you care to uh, have a look on the uh, uh, my blog, um, the uh, Curio blog. There's a uh, there's a, a Loch Ness reference there, and wouldn't you know it? There's always a Loch Ness story just before the tourist season kicks in. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that we could actually even get through this without discussing the recent uh, Bigfoot ridiculousness that took place uh, Yeah, a good. Uh, yeah, that's a better example, actually. That's a better example. Well, it, although it's, the motivation. It's on the same board. It's on the same dessert board. So it is. And, and you, okay. You, I, I can give you a personal impression. A person. Well, I mean, this isn't really an experience, but. Lately, I've had uh, my browser set up at, uh, for the homepage, uh, discovery.com, right. which, yeah. as far as a reputable science news website goes, you're probably pretty safe with stuff that you read on discovery.com in That's terms of tech, in terms of uh, biology, the whole gamut of scientific inquiry. And when I, when I bring up the browser and I see their lead story... The lead story they have uh, displayed is Bigfoot found, or mm. Bigfoot, a suspected Bigfoot something or other, and this picture of this thing. In a, I mean, I don't go shopping for Halloween costumes all that often. Uh, <laughs> for that read, never. And I didn't immediately recognize this thing, is it? But, but, I mean, the media bells went off in my head as soon as I saw the picture. I was like, this is too real looking. It has to be a fake. 
Yeah. But the fact that it was the lead story on discovery.com just sparked this little inner thing inside me and I'm sure it happened for most anybody that even has a marginal wish to believe in this sort of thing mm -hmm. that wow, what if this is really the case? What oh, if? Yeah. And yeah, then of course if, it yeah. played out it's awful uh for most people predictable course and the shape yeah. of it is people do believe what they want to believe this is going to put the the whole bigfoot thing on the radar of a lot of people that probably had no interest in it for the longest time and then they're going to go start yeah. delving into it just like i every two or three years get back into this ufo subject and start delving into it and i yeah. you know, and, and and why do you do that though adam is it is it because uh is it because you, you've got nothing else to do with your time or is it because <laughs> is it because deep down inside you actually want to you just want to entertain the possibility that some of this is true that's an excellent question and i don't really know that i have an answer to it mm -hmm. because I, part of it I, I imagine part of it has to do with some occasional events uh, events or sightings or something or other that's that becomes high profile that mm -hmm. sparks the interest again because it just adds to the pile as an anti-aircraft observer with a searchlight battery and also 18 months as a seacoast and anti-aircraft observer with another searchlight battery. I was driving north March 21st on 101 highway at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon when my attention was distracted by the sunlight reflecting off some objects. I counted eight of them proceeding directly out to sea at 2,000 feet altitude. They gave the appearance of being made out of aluminum and I could observe a perfect circle outline of these craft. They were going, I would say, approximately 150 miles an hour. They were definitely uh, a powered craft of some sort. I mean, I've, I've been tantalized, absolutely tantalized and fascinated and standing, like standing at the window of this yeah. thing and peering in and looking at it since yeah. probably 1969 when mm -hmm. I was nine years old which mm -hmm. and, and that of course was you know the peak uh, peak interest around this sort of topic would have would have probably have peaked then too because of the moon landing in July absolutely yeah, yeah. Um, and so you know I'm between myself and my brother and all the different books and things that were out about it I'm sure I must have gotten hold of a couple yeah, and uh, ever since then, I mean, recently, you know, I mean, past. I don't, I don't have any UFO bookshelves, uh, books on my shelf. I don't, I don't, ha mm. I, I haven't gone out and actually bought and read all the, the the hundreds of books that are out there on the subject. There are, there are so many out there. There yeah. are so many out there. Some of them are absolute crap. Some of them, effort was put into them. And recently, I think part of what fuels it also is because so much of it is quickly and easily available online. But if I'm going to reach mm -hmm. any kind of conclusion about this as far as a topic goes, as far as just a subject to be discussed, mm. it's probably it's probably two things. It, it's mm -hmm. asking the average honest citizen to choose between, between two very distinct realities. Mm -hmm. 
it's, there's something very black and white about that. Either there's, there's craft and there's hardware and they're out there and if there are, then they're being controlled by something, don't know what it is, and people mm -hmm. are seeing it, or all of it is absolute total crap. We are living in a reality where such things do not happen and are, mm -hmm. are exp have explanations. We just don't know what the explanations are. Yeah. That's the first conclusion that I can reach about it. It's your, you are be, you're being asked to choose between two different realities. And that essentially is a conflict I think that has never been resolved for me personally. Yeah. Because I get yeah. into this thing. I mean, I, I must have, there's, there's something like 25 or 30 hours of just Google and YouTube videos on this. Oh, yeah. That you could watch. <laughs> I mean, you, you just start getting into it. And if you don't stop, you're going to be uh, 30 or 40 hours later inundated with what so many other people are accepting as absolute reality. And then mm -hmm. you shut the, the machine off and you turn on the news, your per, you know, everybody's periscope to the outer world and see yeah. that, uh, you know, it's not even being, it's not even on the radar. You walk outside, you look up, you, you've never seen anything your whole life. Most everybody you know has never seen anything their whole lives and you're not likely to. And you're in that, you're in this reality, the real world reality that's very easily defended by every skeptic that ever stepped up to the plate because they've mm. got the biggest truth or weapon on their side. And that is the fact that most people haven't seen these things. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. And the, the other conclusion I can reach is that it's going nowhere. It's stuck mm. in an endless loop. Hmm. The whole UFO thing, I just, and, and I mean just specifically the whole UFO thing, just hasn't progressed beyond where it was in 1950. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's the fact, it, it's that very fact, isn't it? The fact that it hasn't moved on a great deal since then, and yet it is still so widely discussed and so hotly discussed and debated um, that I, I'm thinking there is a deep desire out there for people to want to have, you know, for, for all this to be true, mm. um, uh, that that it will just continue on. It that it, it, it's it self propagates, um, and and we'll we'll be talking about UFOs in another 50, 60 years time, um, even even without any new uh, uh, evidence whatsoever. I think it, it'll just continue on. In a way, I hope um, that's the case. Well, yeah, yeah. Because the alternatives are a little scary, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the the alternative is believing what we're told by the government, and then then and then they've won, haven't they? Uh, whoever it is, it, re wants it really it, is all over that. That whole Roswell thing. I mean, get, getting just just to get back to that. I mean, obviously we don't have to go into the specifics of it because anybody that wants to. By the way, folks listening, there's going to be links to a whole bunch of stuff that are going to be posted with this show. So if you if you have an interest in in the subject and you want to go further into it, <laughs> good luck. But yeah. I'm going to post the links. I have. I, I mean, there's so many there are so many arguments against the uh, the weather balloon stuff and the uh, mm. there are so many reasons that people come up with for distrusting whatever it is that uh, they're be they're being told by the government. I wanted to come up with something that's that said, well, all right, they lied. The atmosphere changes behind the the reasoning as the decades yeah. progress. In 1947, a country that's two years out from the successful conclusion of World War II, mm -hmm. that knows that they have a, a new and powerful, or at least they're being told that they have a new and powerful adversary on the other side of the world, that we now have 
weapons that can wipe cities off the face of the earth that are just getting, trying to get back to their feet and to normal lives. This, I mean, 1940s, two years after World War II is not a long time. People are no. still a little bit jittery, and telling them that there's aliens and flying saucers uh, running around in the skies with impunity that we can't do anything about is probably not the wisest course of action if you can keep it under wraps. Yes. Because there could be uh, quite dire consequences to that. I don't even know if it's all that good an idea today, to be honest with you. Mm. But there was, there was that atmosphere, and there was also the atmosphere of you could put a general or a captain or someone, in the, the decorated person in the military or a person in the FBI or a politician at a podium in front of a lot of people, and you believed what they said. Mm. Because that was the kind of reality, that was the kind of political atmosphere, so far as I can tell, that we were living in, and it continued well into the 60s. Yeah, absolutely. That there's, it's, um, it, was, it was still an age of, of deference, wasn't it? Um, if, yeah. if, a, if a senior figure told you something was, was the way it was, then that was how it was reported, and kind of people accept that. That's probably a, an, a, an artifact of just having gone through a world war where basically you all pull together or no one's going to get out of this alive. So that's entirely understandable, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe also uh, coming out of the uh, out of the Second World War, you've got a lot of research going on into, uh, into rocketry. Uh, there's a lot of, um, certainly um, German research into that area was very well advanced, much, much in advance of what the Allies were doing at the time. Uh, a lot of that research was was uh, obtained um, at the end of the war uh, yeah, and fed project. directly into uh, into space programs and and uh, and uh, research like that. Um, and you know, this starts to seep into the public consciousness, doesn't it? The idea of going into space and all that kind of stuff. And it's not long before that the whole idea of space travel starts to you know, the, the science fiction starts to seep its way into science fact. And, and I suppose that's you know, that, that's a, an explanation for perhaps the. The genesis of all of this is is an, an awakening of a kind, which is an awakening to the possibility of, of certain things. And I guess the more people awaken to a possibility, the more some of those people will have claimed to have seen it. Oh, they um, certainly uh, had more than enough fuel for it, yeah. Mm, uh, yeah. Fuel for the imagination, particularly throughout the 50s. I mean, you couldn't turn around without seeing some uh, invasion, alien invasion flick uh, that had flying saucers all over it that had, oh, they're brought down by our radar. I mean, that's, what, what is it, Earth versus flying saucers? Yeah. That was, it, that, yeah. That's like, it's almost as if, well, everything that everybody is claiming about these things as being true it was selected, taken, and put into this film. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose there's a lot of metaphor there as well, isn't there? You can see that the threat coming from over, from outer space is, is maybe that the uh, the threat coming from the east, um, and yeah, again, if you if you go down the conspiracy route, you say yeah, that this is the kind of the sort of belief system that governments want to engender because it assists them in selling ideas like. Um, uh, Russia is a big aggressive country, and if we don't fight them, then they're going to affect our way of life. Mm. Now. Invasion yeah, of the body sounds... snatchers is a perfect uh, propaganda exactly, yeah. for, you know, watch exactly. out for the Any number of cases. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's the communists are coming. Now, just quickly, catch your breath, come back to 2008. <laughs> have, we, have we moved on at all? I'm not sure if we have. <laughs> the metaphors are exactly the same. Um, the enemy may have changed. But, um, you know, it, it, it seems like 
well, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Mm. And it, it's uh, you, you can apply those metaphors right as accurately now as you, as you could uh, back in the day. The, the footprint of all of that is this this public this consciousness of there being some outside force that's a threat to us. And I guess UFOs are a manifestation of that. That, that I'm, I'm kind of masquerading as an academic in saying that, but I think the uh, the possibility that UFOs are something which we we just do we live with because we kind of make it all up in a, in, in a way is, is something worth entertaining it's also a lot of fun oh yeah well, exactly it's a lot of fun what else what else would you rather be doing I'd, yeah, yeah. I've got to go to grout I've got to grout the tiles in the bathroom or <laughs> make, this, is, this is much this is much more entertaining <laughs> well just, it's just a, one more point um, just to just to come back to one more point about the whole Roswell thing that I had as as far as um, the the con uh, argument rather than the pro argument is uh, mm. people um, coming up with the idea that they they recovered a craft and that they've recovered all kinds of other craft that have crashed yeah. and sequestered them, grabbed them, hidden them, put them on trucks, taken them to such and such an Air Force base or some underground base or whatever and reverse engineered them. Mm-hmm. One of the problems I have with that, uh, one of the things that keeps me pushed towards the uh, mundane reality side of the fence is if that were the case I don't think we'd actually be walking around in the type of world we're walking around in Mm. if that actually were the case because Mm. it wouldn't have been just the United States the Russians aren't stupid the Chinese aren't stupid any any country that absolutely not and any country (laughs) that has any kind of a science program or a military that's advanced beyond, you know, uh, beyond the 40s has the capability of doing uh, just that. And there's nothing to say that these, if there are these craft that have crashed and been recovered, there's nothing to say that they haven't gotten a hold of them too. And mm-hmm. if they've reversed, as, as so many people have argued, well, they reverse engineered these craft decades and decades ago, and they're hiding them to keep us dependent on oil. I mean, that just, that starts getting out on a limb for me really far. Because if that were the case, the Soviet Union would still be the Soviet Union. Mm. I mean, it's it, it would be a question of well, we've got the we've recovered these craft, we've back engineered them, we know how they work, what the power source is, and how to make our own. Just as the the these folks claim the United States secret governments and shadow governments or whatever have done. If that were the case, yeah. I really don't think we would have seen the collapse of the Soviet Union. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the basis that it would have enabled such a massive leap in technological superiority as to as to as to render the rest of the world effectively, uh, well, commit them to. Yeah, another uh, popular phrase, another popular movie phrase: "Game over." Yeah, exactly. We yeah, won. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, I like I like the idea of of uh, having acquired extraterrestrial in, uh, technology. I like the idea of it, but again, if I sort of ac- apply my critical eye to it, I, I, I think it just doesn't stack up. First of all, because you can chart the um, the growth of technological, uh, well, the, the, the development of technology from a number of different sources, such as, you know, even the, the Wright brothers and uh, the jet engine and microelectronics and, you know, all these things starting to converge. And you think, yeah, it's, you, could, you could sit down and you could work out what the key milestones were in understanding various um, technologies and developing these technologies to produce apparently alien technologies, such as 
a supersonic bomber that can evade radar and is effectively invisible uh, and looks a little bit like a UFO. You know, you think, yeah, there's no, there's no way we could come up with that with, without there being any kind of. Uh, but actually, no, I, I, I disagree. <laughs> I think once, you know, once uh, technologies begin to converge, the, uh, enormous things are possible. I mean, mm-hmm. 20, 30, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, there wasn't really an internet like we know now. Now it's hard to imagine what we did before it. Hmm. Um, and, and somebody outside of that would say, well, you know, 30 years ago, people were sitting there with their, uh, you know, with their Commodore VIC-20s and their whatever, their Apple, Apple IIEs or whatever they were. Now there are millions of interconnected computers spanning the globe. You know, how could they possibly have made that leap? Well, we just did. It's, it, <laughs> that's, that's the yeah. answer. A lot, yeah, a, lot, a great deal of uh, some of these folks depend on uh, the majority of people somehow believing that we're not quite as smart as we are. Mm. And that, that, goes, uh, that goes all the way back to uh, ancient times. A lot of people come up with this idea that some of these ancient monuments and things could never have been built because we were just oh, too yeah. stupid to do it. And that's, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, we were yeah. not that stupid. I personally, Adam Five, may be that stupid. <laughs> but, yeah. and I, you know, I mean, as far as coming up with microchip designs and, and making the logical progression between uh, semiconductors and resistors and this, that, the other, you know, leaving the vacuum tube, I couldn't even come up with a vacuum tube. But, yeah. Um, there's quite a few people out there, and I think I made I made this point too in a recent IDDFOS that that just yeah they really are smart enough to do this. We really did. There are logical progressions, as you said, in the technology that leads from one thing to the next to the next to the next. It doesn't yeah. depend on uh, it doesn't depend on retrieving alien technology to come up with this stuff. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, but some of the shysters would really like people to be, uh, would really like capitalize on people's general belief that there's just no way we could be that smart, that human beings no. could be that smart. In, and, indeed, yeah. And, and I think it's also it's possible to confuse um, smartness or IQ or intelligence, whatever you want to call it, with availability of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the ancient Egyptians in building their huge um, uh, pyramids and, and other monuments were not any any less smart than we are today i mean there's not a I, i'm fairly sure in saying there's not a great deal of difference in the way the human brain works then as it uh, as it does now no. but now we have we have the benefit of, of the last sort of four thousand years of of uh, technological evolution so you know we, we we we're standing on the shoulders of giants so to speak so the fact that we don't know how to make huge blocks of stone that actually match up so you couldn't even get a piece of paper between them is a statement about our inability to do it, not about the statement that we need aliens to help us to, to do such a, a thing. You know, it, it's it, it's just because we don't need to do that anymore. We've forgotten how to do it. Mm. Um, so assuming that people are too uh, not smart enough to do it, it's as you say, a, a very very a very very thin sheet of ice to be standing on because it's not true. Simply not true. Um, well, we we've been coming up with. Uh, I think we've been trashing the subject. <laughs> <laughs> a bit. I mean, that's good. It's healthy to keep, you know, keep the eyes wide open as far as this thing goes. Don't just you know, let some of this stuff go by without questioning it. Of course, you've, you've got to examine uh, individually. Mm-hmm. You've got to examine uh, some of these cases. People that remain extremely interested in the UFO topic complain yeah. about the skeptics that made make wide sweeping generalizations about what people saw or didn't see. Yeah. They don't examine individual cases. I suppose yeah. we, we, we should probably uh, at least touch on 
how are you how are you doing for time by the way am i taking up like your whole i don't want to just completely no, I'm, I'm fine i'm having a good time with this no it's fine they, they, uh, I, I fed the kids yesterday they'll be fine okay <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it i'm um, just i'm pulling your leg i'm fine don't worry about it well let's keep rolling let's keep right, let's keep going while we're hot all right let's uh let's let's take a look at it the, the um the things that uh, we mentioned before, the things that aside from distrust, in, which is a very excellent and interesting correlation, distrust in government, uh, events that have come to a head as far as a dissatisfaction with, with uh, uh, people, that people have with how things are going and, and their view of who supposedly they put in charge to run the show mm -hmm. uh, with an increase in interest and sightings as far as UFOs go. But we were talking, uh, I think, way, way earlier about lack of proof, which mm. essentially uh, would be, you know, trotting out bodies for however many scientific academies want to poke and prod at them, and likewise, some kind of hardware. The most compelling cases, the most uh, compelling things that fall under that umbrella of unidentified flying objects so far as I'm concerned, are the ones where you have multiple witnesses, radar contact with something in the vicinity of whatever it is they saw, the, uh, photographs or videotape of that very same thing, and it's not just something like a Chinese lantern in the sky, it's something that is, uh, from the point of view of the people looking at it, very obviously a massive craft, very obviously something that has features on it like lights or apertures and i don't know where i'm going with this further but it's something that has i, I think the classic phrases are ground visual air visual ground radar air radar and if you can throw yeah. on top of that photographs that is something yeah. that keeps it so far as i'm concerned that keeps it uh one of those topics that's actually worth looking at those yeah. absolutely undefinable, what is this thing? Yeah. That in conjunction yeah. with the uh, um, ground trace cases. But on March 16th, a physician, a man who holds a private pilot's license, reported that he had seen some strange, unidentifiable type of flying body at close range. Dr. Craig Hunter of Berkeley Springs, West Virginia, had this experience. We're going uh, north on Route 153 from Clearfield, Pennsylvania, towards Penfield, Pennsylvania. And about nine miles out of Clearfield, and I begin to hear a hissling, whistling sort of a sound, something that I had, was completely strange to me. And then I looked up into the sky, and coming from a southeaster easterly direction to a northwesterly direction was this flying disc, or for the want of a better name, a flying saucer. It was, I would say, around uh, 150 feet around in circumference, and there was three distinct parts of it. There was an inner circle, a metal circle, which rotated around this uh, inner circle, and an outside circle, which uh, about one-third of the area on each side was covered with uh, opening somewhat similar to an airliner opening. Now, this inner circle rotated anticlockwise very slowly, and it went over me, practically right over my head. It was of a dirty aluminum color. 
conditions were very, very fine for observing it. I mean that the, it was just as clear as a bell, and I could distinctly see each and every detail in, as to the outline of it. Those uh, yeah. situations where someone says, I saw this thing up close, and whether they saw figures around it or not, alien or not, whatever, they saw a thing in a certain spot, they call somebody in, whoever it is that's come in, goes to the spot, takes a soil sample from inside, a couple of them, uh, takes soil samples from outside, it's, it's usually a circ circular spot of ground, I mean, the, the popular conjecture is, and supposedly documented conjecture is that there are somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,000 to 4,000 cases like this, which is a whole hell yeah. of a lot. It is. Yeah. Um, where the soil is completely desaturated, absolutely completely desaturated, nothing will grow in it, it won't even absorb water, and then the soil outside the ring, of course, behaves in the normal way any other soil would. It grows seeds, it can, sa it can uh, absorb water, and it is not completely desaturated. And, of course, the plant life, if there is any around the ring, has been withered and cooked and burnt like something that's been stuck in the microwave. Mm. Now, if you put something like that in conjunction with somebody's sighting, and it, it, well, if you want to do the research... I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, um, I was just going to say. Well, then you then you then you start to have the beginnings of um, a case that makes you think. Well, what you know, what what the hell happened here? That that is that is compelling. Mm -hmm. I suppose we we spent the last twenty minutes, as you say, uh, trashing the, the 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 subject. Maybe it's time to hop over that little picket fence and you know. Yeah, lean on, to go, one side at least. I've yeah. got to change my position because it's extremely uncomfortable. No, but <laughs> well, you just. You just take the weight off there for a minute, and we'll uh, we'll we'll just jump over and, and talk about let's let let let's err uh, towards the side of belief. Um, I think where you have evidence, a numbers of different pieces of evidence which you can connect together, such as you say scorch marks on the ground where the ground is, is has been exposed to some kind of energy, which is definitely not the scorch marks from a diesel engine or something like that. It's something a bit more uh, interesting than that. With other things, people seeing things in the sky, then you know, then you it, it does become compelling. Mm -hmm. And you do start to hear, and again, you have to be careful about not playing into the pure conspiracy theory thing here, where there are things seen in the sky, which the, lots of people see, and ground radar say that they could see it, and so forth and so forth, and that, but then government response is, well, we didn't see anything, nothing happened. When there's a, when there's a, 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 a disconnection between all the different sources, then you, you start to, your, your spider sense starts to tingle, and you think, something's being covered up here, what's, what, what's going on? So maybe you have to wonder that if there are things going on and somebody's trying to cover it up, what, why are they trying to cover it up? I can think of two reasons. What, well, there's three reasons, okay. <laughs> Amongst the reasons I can think of are three. And one of them is that there's nothing happening. Okay, so we dealt with that one. Secondly is that it's something to do with a government research program of some kind they don't want to talk about. So typically when governments don't want to talk about stuff, they just don't talk about it, so that's the end of it. The third thing is that um, there really is something going on. And that despite all the skepticism we've displayed in this in this discussion, maybe there really is a place somewhere where there are alien artifacts. Maybe there have been in, in ways we can't even begin to imagine because we've we've just not been around that long. And in the same way as an ancient Egyptian building his pyramid could not conceive of the internet. Um, maybe there are modes of travel and ways of getting around the universe that we can't even begin to scratch the surface of understanding. Mm. And maybe there are places, therefore, where 
humans and non-humans have come into contact with each other. Now, if you were a government and you had the capability to suppress this information, what would your choice be? Would you suppress it or would you say we need, the world needs to know? So I guess the question I'm asking is, what would happen if tomorrow morning you open your newspaper and the headline was aliens visit planet Earth mm. uh, and we've made... And we've Made contact. What would happen in that moment? And this is, this is one of those kind of hair on the back of the neck standing up moments, isn't it? When you think, is the human race ready for the point at which we are shaking hands with people who have not even taken the same evolutionary path as we have? Um, and they're not even people. They just come from another part of the, of the universe. Are we ready for that? And if we are, why don't we know about it? But maybe we're not. What would your view be? I would, uh, if I were a government with that kind of capability, I yeah. absolutely, for the longest time as much and completely as possible uh sweep this under the rug i would hide it entirely because i um i don't know what what this says about me or what i what i think of the human race but i don't think people are ready for this i really don't mm -hmm. no i, I agree I, I don't think they're uh, that we're ready for a number of reasons first of all we're just not ready. I don't think many people will just be able to get it into their heads. It will just blow their minds. But secondly, I wonder about how it would undermine all of the all of our systems. And by that, I mean the social, economic, and um, uh, religious systems. It would it would undermine them, hmm. um, and it could it, it, it's it would effectively be. I think disruption on a biblical scale, it would be the end of days as far as many people are concerned. Managing that message and also you know, consider this, the fact that we, we can just about get some heavyweight um, hardware just out of the uh, atmospheric influence of Earth, uh, um, gravitational influence of Earth in, into space and land on the moon and put probes on planets a little bit further afield uh, like on Mars. The fact we can just about do that and yet there are sentient beings that can propel themselves from parts of the, the universe we, we, we can't even perceive. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm guessing, as a non-military man, I'm guessing that they've also got the capability to do with us as they will. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, which actually, coincidentally, as, a, as, a, as an aside, is one of the, um, uh, the, the, the rebuttals for the, sort of the whole UFO thing is that people say they saw lights in the sky and people say, well, you know, if I had the technology to cross the vast expanses of space and time, why would I put headlamps on the front of my vehicle? Um, <laughs> but anyway. true too. <laughs> I've often wondered um, about that myself. It's like, well, what is the make, point? Yeah. Makes sense, man. Um, anyway, uh, putting that to one side, suspending that disbelief for a minute, I, you know, uh, that there is every reason to suggest, I know we're playing into the hands of conspiracy theorists, but there's every reason to suggest that going public with this would be a disaster. Um, and also I suspect if I was that intelligent traveling being, I would know this as well, because there's a chance I'd have seen it before. So I'd know what effect this can have. So I'd probably either stay away or maybe work a smart way of making sure that we can establish contact for whatever benefit. Um, although surely the benefit is one way. I mean, what, what would they hope to gain from us? I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, I, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, the part of the fun of delving into the subject at all, um, as far as people theorizing about it, is uh, the whole aspect of second-guessing what an alien culture thinks, feels, what their agenda is, what they desire in, in any way. Because they're, if they're here, if they're flying about, if they're doing whatever it is they're doing and they exist, um, yeah. What is it they want with humans? Why don't they land on the White House lawn? Why don't they do that? And 
one of the things that I almost never hear, actually I don't remember ever hearing this, they don't give a rat's ass what we do, who <laughs> yes. we are, that we're here at all, um, yeah. and that, that, that we're part of the fauna. Uh, they, they don't pay any more attention to what human beings are, are doing or going about or feel or think than we do of uh, walking into a woods and wondering if we're going to upset the upset the raccoons. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. th th there's that possibility, too, that they don't care whether they're seen or not. Yeah. I mean, in some cases, that seems pretty obvious that, uh, mm -hmm. that they don't particularly care who or what, you know, sees their craft or them. And as rare as those sightings are, that's just one possibility. But uh, as you said, the disruption I don't know the the of, of every system of every institution that yeah. keeps the status quo and that real world that we like to walk around in and and consider ourselves a part of everything that keeps that intact would disintegrate in very short order in my opinion it, yeah it it would it would today I wonder if in the future it wouldn't I wonder if and again not want to sound too nutty but Maybe there is a program in place. Maybe there is some kind of um, acclimatization program in place, and that's what all this is about. This is about, you know, we 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 don't talk too much about it, but we do, um, you know, we we the UFO. There are government investigations into UFOs. Governments do take it seriously, don't they? The whole you know, Project Blue Book thing and all that kind of stuff. Um, the uh, Ministry of Defence. The uh, mm -hmm. UK military basically released um, their files on the UFO sightings. Just recently made them public, you know. So you could say, well, you know, they're just they're kind of softening us up a little bit and you know, bringing this thing into the public consciousness, and then eventually the information will start to flow. Maybe, maybe that's a, that, that's a view as well. Slow um, time, time released uh, indoctrination, that kind of thing. That's right. Just just you know delivering the message just a little piece at a time until we're all ready to, uh, to get the full picture. Um, I don't know. That, 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 I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Well, you kind of have to. I mean, there's there's uh, if you're going to cover all aspects of it, that, that, that one of the other things about delving into this and getting into it really heavily, uh, particularly if you're just going to save as much time and energy and money as possible, and that is looking for stuff on the internet, mm. which, is, <laughs> which is what I do. That might not necessarily be the best way of going about it, but uh, there's certainly no it, it, lack yeah. of stuff out there. That's a great, right. A great deal of it is garbage, unfortunately. But uh, one, of the, one of the impressions that you get, the longer you read, watch or listen to audio uh, so far as people that are immersed in this field is that it is just this pervasive worldwide constant every hour of every day thing mm. that people just uh, can't seem to realize is happening when i don't know looking at it from probably a, a more objective point of view or a more skeptic point of view um it just doesn't that doesn't strike me to be the case <laughs> because mm. most people, the, one of the reasons this is out on the fringe and it's considered a fringe topic is most, I think, I'm, I could be wrong, my impression is most people aren't interested in it because they haven't seen anything and nobody that they know has seen anything and they have yeah. no reason to be except for the occasional TV special or article and they're few yeah. and far between. 
and 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 that's it, isn't it? We're up, we you can be as skeptical as you like until you until you know better, and then all of a sudden you're a you're a convert to the cause. It, it, you know, I, I am skeptical because skepticism serves me well in life. I think it's a it's a good place to be. Mm. Um, but then if you uh, if I step into the garden and uh, something lands on the lawn in front of me, and these you know the little green men come out and say hello. Uh, you know, I'm there. I'm a, I'm a believer. It's the, the, I'm not sort of going to say, you know, you, you know, this can't be right because the uh, interstellar distances are impossible to navigate and uh, the whole tapes, you know, space-time thing, uh, blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, no, is there? It, here they are. Believe it. This is what's happening. So, um, you know, you, you you can be skeptical until you know better. Yeah, uh, that's, then, yeah. then sadly you a, you'll be one of those people that's on Larry King Live or uh, any of the uh, specials <laughs> that are over there in the UK where you, yeah. you're on camera and uh, the anchor man or the anchor woman is asking you the questions and then cutting over to the skeptic who is yeah. going to tell you that you didn't see what you saw. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and this is the thing, a lot of these guys that they, they see things, they, they have seen them in their own eyes and in their mind, and, in, and they, they absolutely have seen them. Um, it's not a case of saying, well, no, you didn't. This, yeah, I did see it. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, as much as I'm seeing you now, I saw that thing. Now, the difficulty is that those genuine cases, of which I'm sure there are many who believe that they saw something, who, who did see something. Um, the question is, what did you see? That, that's, that's the real question, not, uh, we, I think you're lying. Now, fortunately, there are plenty of other charlatans who, who will just make stuff up. Mm. Um, and they, they kind of, you know, as we suggested earlier, these, these are the guys that sort of infect the whole field um, and make it difficult to say anything rational about it. But then, um, you know, the guys that say, well, you know, I, I didn't want this. I don't, I don't want this right now. But this is just what happens. Can somebody help me and tell me what I saw? Because I don't know. Um, and there are there are some people. I mean, you know, let, let's. Well, I've got two people in mind at the moment um, who who are probably worth touching on. Actually, the subject here. Mm-hmm. And one of them is, um, I suppose, one supports the skeptical view and one supports the uh, the believer view. And they and they're okay. So one of them is a guy called um, Darren Brown. Um, he's a British guy, and he uh, you may have seen his work on television. He's uh, quite popular in the UK. Um, his stuff's all over YouTube. If you've, uh, check, check out YouTube for Darren Brown. That's D-E-R-R-E-N Brown. I guess you'd call him, perhaps uh, unkindly, a, a stage hypnotist. But he does a lot more than that. He, he, he's, a, he's a very, very good manipulator of people's minds. And oh. um, It sounds like a British version of The Amazing Randy. Um, actually, well, possibly, possibly. I, I, I know all about Randy. Yeah, he, he's a kind of, um, he's the, the skeptic's poster child, isn't he? But um, uh, Darren Brown is um, he's an entertainer. And okay. he will, he, he's not pretending that what he's doing is supernatural. In fact, he's telling you it isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, in many cases, he, he's undermining a, a number of belief systems, shall we say, in his work. But he's saying that what I'm doing isn't anything to do with supernatural. It's basically manipulating the human mind. And you're left, and it's very, very entertaining. I don't mind. I'm, I'm falling straight into Darren Brown's uh, arms there. He, he, he's, he's brilliant at what he does. To follow through on the problem of whether or not disc-shaped objects could actually fly we got in touch with Mr. David C. Prince, vice president of the General Electric Company and chief of its general engineering and consulting laboratory. Mr. Prince was having no part of flying saucers. My thought is simply that the ability of some people to kid themselves is extraordinary. 
For instance, the effect of searchlights on clouds has been taken to be flying disks. Even radar evidence is not conclusive here because rain in the clouds would show up on a radar screen. The only saucer-shaped aircraft which we know has flown, and that only a few times, is a propeller-powered disk developed by NACA. As a matter of fact, a cigar-shaped craft with a single revolving wing, jet-powered, could be faster and certainly would be much more maneuverable. In flight, this plane might look like a disk because of the halo created by its rapidly revolving wing. Such a craft would have flight characteristics similar to a hummingbird's. Um, he'll do things like... Oh, okay, so, first of all, he... Um, he selects his targets very carefully. Okay, there's a, there's, there's, it's not just anybody. He profiles people. He understands them, and he, in the way that people with his abilities do, touches certain buttons, which makes them react in a certain way. So it's you know it's clever, and but it is stage managed uh, to that extent. But nevertheless, the people that are that fall foul to him, uh, fall foul to his uh, his uh, his tricks, don't know any better, <laughs> um, and. Um, He'll do things like stop a guy on the street and ask him for directions, and at the end of the, the conversation, he'll say, and can I just take your watch as well? And the guy will take his watch off, and your wallet, yeah, sure, there you go. Thanks very much, off you go. And just walk away. And then you just, you just see this guy sitting there in the street, sort of confused, thinking something wrong has just happened. I don't know what it was. You know, and then he'd think, my watch is gone, my wallet is gone. And then Darren Brown will come back and say, Sorry, here you go. I'm Darren Brown. Blah blah blah. Playing a bit of a joke with you. Here's your watch. Here's your wallet. And the guy goes, Oh man, yeah, that's, that was <laughs> great. Well done, sort of thing. That's pretty wild. And then, as he's, and as he's walking away, Darren Brown will turn back and say, Oh, sorry, just before I go, can I just take your watch? And, and the guy will give it back to him again. <laughs> um, so, you know, he basically he, he manipulates people's minds very, very well, and he can make the right people, the people that he selects clearly behind the scenes, uh, do more or less what he wants them to do, more or less, within reason. Um, and that includes seeing things and doing things and acting in ways and believing things that they wouldn't ordinarily believe. So, okay, so go off to YouTube and search him out. There's, there's a, I'll check out the zombie one. I'll say no more. The zombie one is a classic. Anyway. <laughs> um, oh, that sounds absolute. That, that, that's... Fascinating and frightening at the same time. It is, absolutely. Yeah, there's all sorts on there. The zombie one and the car crash one. Brilliant. Anyway, um, so and the other guy is um, a guy called David Icke, who you may have heard of. Um, that name David does Icke. sound familiar, yeah. Okay, so David Icke is um, he's, he's well known in the UK. He, he sort of fell from grace somewhat some years ago. He was interviewed on a, a TV a chat show. Prior to that, he was a goalkeeper. Um, he was a professional goalkeeper, uh, uh, soccer goalie, mm -hmm. um, and uh, then he would spend a time in uh, sports journalism and uh, commentator and um, uh, journalist, very well respected in his field. He began to develop very, very radical views about the way the world works. And when I say very radical, I am that is British understatement. He, he, I know who you're talking about now. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right, okay, so yeah. I mean, David Icke, again, he's all over the web, he's all over YouTube, and so on and so on. And he... he... <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead, I'm not going to jump in on it, go ahead. So, so this guy, this guy isn't like um, uh, Darren Brown, who's, who's a manipulator of people's minds. David Icke 
believes what he's saying. He believes it as much as you believe that today is Monday and we're having this conversation. It, it, it's, it, to him, it's, not, it's irrefutable. And he believes in a new world order, the, the Illuminati, that there is a government behind the government. He is that, that, that the world as we know it is effectively a big conspiracy. He, which, okay, fair enough, he's not his own. But he also believes other stuff as well, slightly deeper stuff, such as um, the fact that there are alien involvements with the, uh, with, uh, with the human race, and that indeed members of the royal family are indeed uh, descended from lizard beings and are not human at all. And so here we start to veer off quite wildly down a very, very, uh, yeah. very, very strange path indeed. Now, as you can imagine, um, David Icke is effectively considered, uh, uh, as far as the in, the, in the League of Nutters, he's the champion. <laughs> okay. No doubt. He is, he is, so, he is yeah. so far out there, he's looking at the back of his own neck. <laughs> but then... <laughs> He, he's, he, he believes it, and, and here's the thing, he, he believes it to, to the point where if you have a conversation with him, you see a conversation, he comes across extremely normally. You know, there's no kind of wild-eyed, extreme, you know, body movements and kind of, he, he's just a normal guy. He's intelligent, he's articulate, he makes good money going around the world basically doing speech, uh, speaking engagements and, and uh, lectures. He's on lecture tours the whole time talking about his view of the world, and he's, he sells out. He sells out wherever he goes. Yeah. Um, I don't quite know who the audience is, um, but uh, he sells out. So he believes everything. He's, he's in for, every, he's in for the, whole, the whole nine yards and then some. Um, whereas Darren Brown um, is just as convincing with what he can make you believe, but it's trickery, effectively. It's trickery in that it's manipulation. He's, he's, he's taking advantage of the malleable nature of the human mind. So uh, th those two are kind of, for me, uh, sort of poles apart. There's the guy that's saying to you, look, it's all trickery, and I'm tricking you, and I can show you how I'm tricking you. It's just, you know, but it, it makes it nonetheless believable. And then you've got people like David Icke, who says, no, no, there really is a new world order. Everything is being covered up. You know, you are being monitored. The royal family are lizards. Um, and, you know, they Denver, I, I, Denver International Airport really is uh, an alien base that's got uh, sub-level and sub-level and sub-level and has slaves working oh, yeah. under it and all that. Yeah, yeah that's the, that, that is the kind of thing that, that he actually believes. Um, so you've got, and between those two poles, you've got the skeptics that are showing you that it's trickery and the guys that believe it. And then you've got this whole universe in between of people. And I guess we're kind of, we're in there somewhere between those two poles in that... Um, you know, where, where, on the basis that people like that exist and that they, that they have views that they hold very, very, you know, that they, they, they deem to be true, mm. um, how can you make sense of any of this where, where there are people that believe things that strongly on, or can do things to your mind which will make you doubt who you are or where you're, you know, or do things like hand over your wallet or your, you know, your watch to a complete stranger without even questioning? I you know, well, it, it, what scares it, it, me I, about that, you know, what scares me about that is that the fact, well, while there is a a fellow with that with that level of skill, Brown, yeah, um, uh, the, the, at, at, who is at least coming forward and saying that he's doing the trickery and and uh, pulling this stuff off, is that there's there's got to be more than one like him yeah. with that level of skill oh, yeah. who isn't coming forward and saying that oh, he's yeah. tricking. He was just making uh, making his way through life. 
probably quite successfully uh, without actually yes. tipping anyone off. Well, there's, the, the, the irony is the more I look at people like Brown with his ability to manipulate the mind, the more I'm scared by that because I think, wow, Darren Brown's scary. No, actually, I, I don't think Darren Brown's scary at all. I think, isn't it scary how pathetically flexible our mind is and how it can be bent to believe absolutely anything that somebody wants to impose upon it? Mm. And then I find myself going down the path, the David Icke path, the, 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 the wacko path, thinking, hang on a sec, but if that's possible, maybe it's already happening. Maybe there really is a conspiracy. Maybe the messages that come to us in the media are engineered in, at some level and it's some subliminal way. Um, so, you know, I then start to become a little bit uncomfortable. I need another glass of whiskey. <laughs> this actually, um, I think you, you, you've kind of hit on one of the, uh, the what prompted the most recent question uh, on, on international detected dragons from outer space uh, for episode 66, mm. or is it 65? Uh, the question for episode 66. Is what uh, what actually forms your reality aside from the regular senses that you make use of? Mm. And one of the th well, the main thing uh, aside from your immediate world, aside from your immediate everyday uh, driving around, walking around, going to work world, the overall picture of the entire world is something that you can't get from. Uh, your immediate senses, you have to rely on, of course, newspaper, internet, and television. Yeah. Most people currently, at least in the United States, I believe, still actually rely on primarily television news to get their yeah. periscope view of what the world is, of what's going on in the world, and what's real and what isn't real. And yeah. it's, uh, the, the question was essentially, what, you know, what are your sources of input? And the remainder of the question is, how much do you trust them? Mm. Because if that is actually, if that's actually what's forming your reality to a large part, if that's been shaping how you view the world and what's real and what isn't for most of your life, mm. then as you said earlier, you open up the newspaper tomorrow and you see that headline and you uh, watch a press conference on television where someone that up to now has been put forward as the authority in whatever mm. aspect, military, political, whatever, making the definitive statement that uh, some of the UFO reports over the years have actually been uh, craft and that uh, they're being operated by people not of this earth. Then that reality becomes that reality becomes uh, destroyed. It becomes, yeah. if not destroyed, then shaken to the extent that you that you actually can't connect with it. Yeah, I, th I think I've, I envy people who know where they stand on all of this. That they, they, you know they know their own mind on this and they're convinced of it. Yeah. Um, and and I've, I, to be honest, I, I envy people of, of whatever faith, whether it's uppercase or lowercase f. Mm. I envy them because they're comfortable in, with their knowledge. Uh, I think not having that kind of, that level of, of belief system or, or uh, certainty about the way the world and the universe works, not having it is a kind of a curse. It's sort of uh, condemning you to forever question everything all the time rather than just sitting down and being satisfied with what you've got and, you know. Mm. Drink your, drink your drink and eat your food and just get on with your life. You know, just. I, I, but I, but I can't, I can't be satisfied. I, 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 I can't be. Uh, I can't stop and and stop questioning the way things are. Um, and that's, 
and that doesn't matter where the you know where the truth truth comes from, whether it's a scientific truth or or, or a, a, a skeptical or a believer truth. You know, whoever whoever's brand of truth it is, I can't believe any of it. Mm. Uh, I wish I could. I'd be. I think I'd be a lot happier. I think, I think my family would be page. a lot happier. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're on the same page as far as that goes too. I've said it myself for years. I've ping ponged between um, the one side of the fence and the other, and. I just can't seem to find myself remaining solidly uh, of one opinion about this and having that kind of uh, having that kind of belief. In the back of the mind, there's always that you know. I think maybe it actually kind of might be true, but it doesn't. Mm. You know, it's not a solid thing. Where okay, now my worldview has changed and this is how I see things, and everybody else is just walking around asleep and denying it. And, yeah. and in the and the foreground of my mind, as I just live my daily life, it just—I I don't know how many times I'm probably going to repeat this in print and out loud—is I walk out the front door, I look up, and I feel like a gullible twit. <laughs> it's, I just ping pong between those two extremes. Yeah. And Which, incidentally, I, I don't know if you're, you're aware, but the word gullible um, actually does not appear in the Oxford English Dictionary. The OED does not have gullible in it. Yeah, go and look it up. Hmm. I'll leave that with you. That's excellent. Hmm. <laughs> well, I, you know what? We could probably go on for another two hours about this, but it's been, it's been two hours now, and I, I guess you know, I know, and anybody listening knows we've barely scratched the surface on this topic. Yeah, I think you're right. But it's I think been an incredibly entertaining and uh, fun to talk about. I've I've enjoyed it immensely. I have. It's been good fun. Um, uh, I, and uh, I, I wish we could have come to some rational conclusions about anything. <laughs> really? <laughs> I think, I, I guess, uh, if if we can agree, um, uh, we've agreed that it's an extreme, extremely difficult thing to actually land on one side of the fence or the other unless you have uh, that faith that anchors you. Uh, mm. To one side or the other, and I think we—I guess we can also agree that this is one of those things that is going to be—you might agree with this or not—but it is going to be stuck in an endless loop that makes it continue for decade after decade, until yep. not just what people are claiming as evidence comes forward, but until the actual hardware and bodies and proof, as most people will put it, comes forward. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's a. It's a. Uh... Show me the money. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Basically it. Simon, <laughs> Simon, I thank you extremely much uh, for, very for setting aside time and coming on and hooking up through Skype and having this kind of conversation. We're going to have uh, additional shows that deal with this, to uh, this topic. I've contacted other podcasters that are going to uh, chime in on it as well. I generally don't like to mention names because I don't like to make promises for other people. You folks listening will know them when you hear them, and uh, <laughs> if possible, and the, the dates line up correctly, uh, hopefully we can maybe even get Simon in on those conversations as well, because we haven't heard the last of this. Sure, I'd like that. That'd be great. Excellent. Thank you once again, Simon, and folks, thank you for listening to the very first episode of Open-Ended Series. As it states, it's open-ended. We could go on. Uh, don't forget to visit Simon's blog, please. It's thecurio.co.uk. There's a triple W before that, isn't there? There sure is. Yes, okay. indeed. Yep, triple W dot 
thecurio.co.uk and you'll be able to find it through IDDFOS if you're used to going there. Uh, Simon, once again, thank you very much and good afternoon. You're very welcome. It's good to speak to you. Speak soon. Men of science and high government officials cast a skeptical eye at these reported sightings of celestial phenomena. Frankly, we don't know the answer. We wonder, do you believe in flying saucers? <laughs>